This is a Marking Out with High Five Tom production, the High Five Tom Showcase Podcast, proudly brought to you by Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. high fivers your boy high five tom i just want to do a really quick preamble here i know it's been a super super long time since uh we've done a marking out with high five tom showcase episode uh last one being uh my good review or my good review my review with my good friend ed uh i've known ed for 30 plus years and uh obviously the kids uh, initials are tattooed on the back of my leg when we did uh the first listen through of uh the 1992 roxy blue uh want some review want some album review uh, but just real quick, uh, listen, I want to do, like I said, a, a quick preamble here. You know, Will and I have been talking about doing this. Obviously, you know, Will and I, uh, normally from Ring of Honor Revelry, so we want to expand a little bit. Uh, and I want to get Will on for a movie review podcast. And we'll kind of get into the, the history of how Will and I uh, got into this movie. Because I literally just heard this movie like last year and just saw it. And luckily enough for me, I didn't know the ending. And man, is it a banger. So actually, uh, make sure everyone... Uh, Downloads, tunes in, tunes out, and enjoys this great showcase of the 2007 Stephen King adaptation done by Frank Darabont, The Mist. Now listen, everybody. We are experiencing some kind of disaster. No, it's the end of days. Oh my God. Something in the mist. Shut the doors. Shut the doors. man-made or natural, but I do know that it's definitely not supernatural. And then nobody else heard that sound? What sound? I don't know. Like something was like pressing against the door. But the only way we're going to help ourselves is to seek rescue. We're going out. Tie this around your waist. Our four. Well, let us know you got at least 300 feet. Yes, I'm 
tried this was to spread. It could be the whole world for all we know. It wouldn't make us any less dead. Daddy, don't go. If something happens, cut and run. You can't go out. I won't allow it. Won't allow it? High fivers, your boy high five Tom, and I've got my good friend here, Mr. Will, here on the other side. But we are not, I repeat, not recording an episode of Ring of Honor Revelry. Um, I know that's what you're used to, but uh, Will and I are expanding our horizons here a little bit, so I thought I'd, I'd throw Will on here on uh, the showcase our high five Tom showcases uh podcast. But Will, how are you this evening, my friend? As I asked him to drink there, sorry, my bad. It's all right. I'm enjoying a mildly cool polar sparkling frost. It's not soda. It's got vitamins, antioxidants. It's got shit for energy. Is it kind of like vitamin water? Uh, There's not really enough vitamins in here i think to be considered like a vitamin water okay but they got like they added some you know they got some potassium the niacin the beach the b16 the b12 little biotin nice so i had to i had to break up the monotony because i think the biggest thing i miss about soda right now is the variety last hold out there whereas like it's like you can drink different flavored seltzer waters but it's like you're still just kind of drinking seltzer water like it's not like when you finish drinking a coke the feeling like the mouth feel and like the aftertaste versus like you drink a mountain dew or you drink an orange soda or you drink a fresca or you drink a mcdonald's sprite fresh from the drive-thru <laughs> the other night tom I, I i had a dream I opened a Sprite and then said, I can't drink this because I'm not drinking soda. In my dream, Tom, <laughs> I'm committed. Yeah, that is fucking commitment. So, wow. Nice work, Will. So, um, and uh, so, yeah, like I said, uh, you know, we're just going to dive right in. Usually, you know, Will and I banter here, but I have a feeling this is going to go pretty fucking. Whoa. Oh, hell yeah. I mean, I've got probably nine pages of notes here. So, We'll Tom, guess how many pages and guess how many pages of notes I got? Fourteen. I got no notes. No notes. All I got is the Wikipedia page up. Well, that's a good that's a good sign. So um yeah, and I'm bummed you need to watch this in black and white because this is pretty cool in black and white. Um so if you ever get a chance I, to I could probably be so full disclosure, I had to rent this movie. The first time I watched it was on Netflix. Then I looked it up, and it says that it's available on Hulu and Prime if you have a premium membership. I obviously apparently don't have that. So Tom, when he sent me the first round of Ring of Honor Revelry stickers, also sent me a copy of The Mist on DVD. Is even better part of a year? I must have packed it away because we, we packed up some boxes to ship up to the house that we're supposed to 
uh, we're going to be moving into hopefully this summer. So it must have wound up in there because like I tore apart bookshelves underneath, like around the entertainment area. I'm like, I had to have packed this up because otherwise I have no idea where it is. So I paid three ninety nine to rent this. Yeah, so I could not watch it. I could not watch it in black and white because my I wanted to watch it in the black and white. Yeah, it it is pretty cool in this, and uh, the, and we'll talk about Frank Darabont, the director here, a lot in this episode. But he says it's, it's really the true way to watch this movie. Um, now, full disclosure. So yeah, I mean, we talk. I mean, I don't even remember how we started. I think I just saw an article about this once, and then we just started. I brought it up, and then yeah, it's been well over a year, I think, if not a year and a half, since we were talking about doing this finally. Oh yeah, this this tracks way back. This is even pre. Will have you seen Death to Smoochie? Wow, that's old. So, and because uh, you asked me if I had seen it, and I said no, but I think it's on Netflix. And I think we kind of talked. We had kind of talked about it after I watched it, but this is going to be a more in-depth peeling back the layers. Yeah, and there's lots of layers to unpeel. Um, if you listen to any of my podcasts, obviously I've been on a big Stephen King uh, kick in a couple of years. Um, Will and I were actually talking in pre-production list that um, two and a half years ago, the only Stephen King book I owned was It. Um, now, I don't know, we've probably got, I mean, the whole entire Dark Tower series, which with the books I added were 13. One, two, three... Five, six, seven. I mean, I think I've got 21 Stephen King books, I think so. Uh, but I do not have Skeleton Crew, uh, which is which contains uh, the novella The Mist, uh, which this is based upon. Um, and we also talked in pre-production. Frank Darabont, the director, um, also directed Shawshank Redemption. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, you're not going to top Shawshank Redemption as literally one of the greatest movies ever made. And the Green Mile. He did the Green Mile, too. Yeah, I've not seen the Green Mile. I've seen bits and pieces of the Green Mile, but obviously I've heard good things. Oh, Green Green Mile is really good. As much as Tom Hanks feels like he just kind of does Tom Hanks in every movie, like he did Tom Hanks and uh, um, Duncan were amazing. That's a movie I should go. I haven't watched in probably close to a decade. Yeah. And, uh, well, speaking of those movies, half the cast in those movies is in this movie. Uh, but we'll definitely get into that um, as we go. But, yeah, this is the 2007, um, I think, classic. The more I watch this fucking movie, I really enjoy. Uh, Will and I, I think, have very different um, thoughts on this movie. Uh, but before we dive into the movie, just kind of go to the cast. Um, the main character, well, actually, the main character, I'm not going to say the hero because we definitely believe somebody else is the hero in this movie. Uh, Thomas Jane is your your main protagonist. We've got Laurie Holden as uh, is what I like to refer to her as the side piece. Uh, but really, the breakout star of this movie is um, Marsha Gay Harden. Uh, she actually, so I did some research. She didn't. Get, I I don't know. I thought she should have won some awards for this. You were not as impressed by her performance as I was. Um, but we'll kind of go through the rest of the cast. Well, I forgot um, real quick. So and Will brought this up. Uh, best known from Brooklyn Nine-Nine, but a shit ton of other movies. Um, Andre Broger, or Broger, uh, as the neighbor, uh, who literally passed away last month. 
December 11th, 2023. So I did not realize he just passed away. So, um, but yeah, he's got yeah, best he's, a- best best actor in the whole movie. Yeah, I thought Marsha Gay Harden was the best personally. I don't know her personally, so who knows how much of that was acting or if that was just her being able to like, kind of like, let loose. Well, I mean, you know, that just, just shows you how good she is, though. Wow, this motherfucker's been in a lot of shit. Holy shit. He had a movie with Kojak. Obviously, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, a couple. He's actually starring Kojak. It was in Kojak. The Thief. Ah, damn. It's Law and Order. I mean, everyone goes to Law and Order. But Homicide Life on the Streets, I need to get that on fucking DVD. I'd like to watch that, so. Because I'm definitely a David Simon Mark. But, um, yeah, but he definitely killed it in this movie. Um, and just real quick, some uh, some background on the movie. Uh, this was Did you mention Thomas Jane? I did. Know did Jane. you mention Thomas Jane? Okay. Yeah, as the protagonist, we're, you know. That, we're yeah. we're, we're going to talk about Thomas Jane a lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I said, he's the main character, but I don't think the hero of this movie, which we will get into. Um, but I was impressed, yeah, watching, listening, watch the commentary today. Um, I did not, yes, I mean, they really made Shreveport, Louisiana look like Maine. Obviously, you know Maine better than I do, because uh, that's not your neck of the woods. But, I mean, did you get the feel that this actually took place, was actually filmed in New England? I feel like part of me knows it's not because I want to say there's like filming rules and like regulations about like where people film it. It's obviously cheaper probably to film in a place like Louisiana than to film in Maine. Yeah. But I mean, they, I mean, you really got around it because you really didn't need a whole, whole lot of. It doesn't necessarily give you a lot of environment. Like, it's not looking for you to, like, register landmarks, right? It's, like, lake houses. Yeah. Like, non-chain grocery store. Or maybe it was a chain grocery store. I mean, it felt more kind of like a, this is a mom-and-pop grocery store that probably runs when there's people there, but when the winter rolls around, you know, maybe they keep, like, two people on. Yeah, like where I lived at in Stanley, Idaho. There it is, Stanley, Idaho. <laughs> Visit Stanley, Idaho, paid for by High Five Tom. Yeah, uh, as known as Tom the Bomb in that neck of the woods. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's actually, I mean, legitimate. I mean, yeah, the, I mean, during the winter, I mean, you had one person maybe run the gas station and then two or three run the, the, the grocery store. But because um, basically, at, you know, I mean, 90% of this movie is filmed in or around, obviously, the grocery store. You know, and the grocery store itself was, I mean, it was a real grocery store that they found uh, not too far from where they were filming this spot. Uh, but they really liked the grocery store. The outs, the exteriors shots were shot, you know, in front of that grocery store in the parking lot. But they liked the grocery store so much that the interior shots, um, they just built that up to look exactly like how the actual grocery store looked like. So that was kind of some kind of nice continuity. So I'm, I'm kind of a door for stuff like this, but... um yeah, this was uh this was shot in six weeks, which is roughly about a quarter of the time that Frank Darabont usually likes to do movies. Usually takes about five months. Um, really on a shoestring budget. I didn't go over the numbers. Maybe we'll kind of track that down at the end of the movie. But 
Um, this would really kind of like a gorilla style, a lot like if you ever listen to my uh, review of, uh, you know, the Warriors, real seat of, seat of the pants. So I really kind of like that kind of shit. Um, but Will, you know, was, I haven't seen, I haven't seen that yet. The Warriors. Yeah. Check it out. It's, I uh, heard it's good. I heard the video game adaptation is one of the best video game adaptations of a movie. Yeah. I know I know that one bit. Warriors come down and play. No connections to this movie, unfortunately, though. No. This is gonna be interesting how much we actually talk about the Miz versus how much we talk about other movies. Yeah, or The Walking Dead. So Tom, the numbers for you. The the this was an eighteen million dollar budget. Oof. And it box office fifty seven point three. Really? Wow. So it it made its money back. I mean, you figure that's pushing three times the, the budget there. Like, I had literally, you know, we've talked about this, you know, at, at nauseum, but I, I had literally not heard this movie until like a year and a half ago. I remember trailers for it, like, when it was coming into theaters. Because that was also my prime going to movie theater days, too. So it was always like, ooh, what's coming to the... What's new? What's coming out? It's, you know, seen a lot of great movies in the theater. Seen a lot of not great movies in the theater. Yeah, because I was the exact opposite. So at this time, 2007, um, I was just starting to sober up, trying to get away from the booze and everything, and I was moving to Idaho shortly. Later. So what was, uh, what was the release date on this? Do you have that in front of you? I should. Uh, release date, November 21st, 2007. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I was always kind of bunkering down, trying to get out of debt, and uh, yeah, moving on. That would, have been, that would have been a fall of my junior year of high school. Yeah, that was my fall. I just turned thirty, so interesting. Um, but uh, you're old. Thanks. Well, at least I'm not as old as Tony Z's. Yeah. Nobody is. Not even he. He's pushing Bruno numbers. Yeah. Um, but obviously, will uh, the first thing we see, we see a guy uh, doing some paintings, uh, listening to some jazz. Um, obviously, do, doing paintings. Well, I mean, he's painting. Doing paintings. <laughs> um, Bet you Thomas Jane can't paint shit. You know. Yeah, they're all the one guys. Uh, it's all the one guys. Uh, Posters, yeah, has like the thing had some of the others. There was another Stephen. I mean, I do have the Wikipedia here. I could just hop around and like look for it, but it's it's all like the one guy's paintings. Yep, the Dark Tower will. That's right. That's it. That's what the other one was. It was the Gunslinger. He had uh yeah from the they had the last book of the series, so it was supposed to be. Uh, he was doing this for a mock uh, Dark Tower movie. Uh, which there will be a review on this very podcast. Uh, that one I will probably do by myself because I will not, uh, you know, torture people with that movie. Um, I don't know how you make a 4,000-page book into an hour-and-a-half movie, but that's nonetheless. But um, it was really cool. Well, I, was, I, I think to interject, you know, that, that's your biggest problem is how do you do it? You can't. You can't adapt that much material. Yeah. So just, just for comparison, you said 4,000 pages. To an hour and a half movie. I mean, 
This book the book. Hobbit and the, the Hobbit and the Lord of the Rings books are long, but they also have long ass movies for each one. <laughs> so you, you, they'd be pretty much like if they took the three Lord of the Rings books and said, "We're going to make one hour and a half movie." Yeah, but for example, yeah, that's booty. Yeah, this this novel was uh, 135 pages, and uh, it was two hours. So, um, well, novellas novellas are the way to go. Yeah, they don't feel like as much of a commitment. Um, and so I might get back on here and do some after I finally read it. I guess there's there's some differences, you know, and we'll kind of go including over. the including the ending. Yeah, which Stephen King likes the movie ending better. Uh, maybe yeah. he doesn't, but. Um, but yeah, but yeah, then the power goes out and then we see a shot, you know, a family looking out, there's a nasty storm come because they live on a lake. I forgot to mention that. So, uh, they head to the cellar, uh, just in time for a tree to come in through the, um, through the window, fucking up all the paintings. So, um, real quick before we go any further on that, Will, have you seen the, um, the thing? Oh, the thing's my favorite movie. Oh, really? Not just like favorite horror movie. Like I, I say that is my favorite movie. No shit. Interesting. All right. Well, because uh, when I trace back the other stuff, I like the thing is also like the biggest inspiration from other things that I liked later. And it's like, oh, this is the thing. Oh, it's the thing again. Or, oh, they really like the thing. Yeah. And obviously, the thing and uh, Alien, the first one, are like top two. I need to revisit. Yeah. Because I mean, yeah, I mean, I've heard it. well, the first three aliens are supposed to be. I think there's a first. The second one's supposed to be really good too, right? Aliens. So yeah, it's kind. So Alien is an amazing horror movie. Aliens is a great action movie. Okay. Got well, Bill Paxton. They're coming out of the walls, man. Game over, man. Yeah, I definitely got it. I haven't watched. I mean, it's probably been 30, 35 years, but. Well, we, we may have to do a review of the thing. I mean, to kind of pay it back for, you know, torturing and having to go through this. I, I would love to. I would, I'll would. i talk about the thing anytime. Like I, I said, just, I just favorite saw, movie, all I time. Just, I just saw it for the first time about a month and a half ago. So. I mean, there's, up. again, layers. Lots of layers to that movie. Yeah. I mean, if you had told me that Wilford Brimley was in the thing, I would have watched it fucking 20 years ago. Um. Yeah, I mean, obviously, the thing is very inspired, you know, in this movie. Uh, but then we cut to after the storm. Uh, we see, you know, the trees, uh, which turns out to be, you know, Thomas J- or, uh, David Drayton. I'll just say, you know, his. Uh, it's a genius. <laughs> it's his grandfather's tree. Uh, you know, he tells his wife the painting is done, so. Um, and then he's going to have to extend the deadline. And then she's like, oh, well, I mean, they've got no choice to just like, well, I mean, they could just put a Photoshop thing in and have it done in an afternoon. Which I guess so. This about twenty years ago. (laughs) Yeah. Um, You know, I I joked a little bit about that earlier with Brittany because we're talking about like how like the nineties are trending again. It's like, oh, when are the two thousands going to be a throwback? Like, yeah, remember Y two K when they thought the computers were taking over? They were just like twenty years too early. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, if you rewatch Terminator, it's like, oh wow, okay. Okay. Or we were at Whole Foods today. And it's like pay with your palm. It's like I don't want a system to be able to read my palm and get my financial information. Like I don't like that. Pay with your palm. Pay with your palm, so it'll read your your hand, and 
It's like uh, how you can use like your the facial recognition to unlock your cell phone. You can set up to pay. They have like the scanner that you pay hand over the scanner and it'll bring you out. That's too time much. to start learning it. Time to start learning how to farm and sew your own clothes. Don't. Yeah, most indubitably. Yeah, I felt bad. I gave the kid, you know, cash at the grocery store yesterday, and that turned into a whole ordeal. But, whew. all right. Well, it's not, your, it's not your it's not your fault. Kids can't count. That's the hardest thing. <laughs> yeah. Um. But then you know, uh, back to, back to the movie again. Um, but yes, so he, they're they're lamenting Granddad's tree, and then they turn their attention to bitch about the neighbor's tree. <laughs> Which yeah. also fell and broke something. Yeah, well, or smushed. <laughs> um, yeah, because with the weather we had, we had a shit. I mean, our fr- the tree in our front yard. We may have to, or I mean, not us. I mean, we don't own the tree, but yeah, it may have to come down. I mean, it. Yeah, it took a beating, but there's there's branches all over the place, and like I said, the city's so backed up, they just leave them in the street and plow around them. Um, but yeah, my my landlords, yeah, they they planted that tree. Like I said, I mean. My lenders tell me, yeah, they brought that tree over, you know, in the back of their car, and now they may have to get rid of it. So I'm a tree, I'm a tree guy. So, yeah. Um, and then uh, the knowing you shit kid comes around, and uh, you know, and he wants nothing but a dead tree, and he's always asking order to cut that down tree. Uh, but we see, yeah, it's definitely demolished the tree. Um, yeah, the the ratty looking tree. There's a pile of kindling. That was supposed to be the the boathouse. Yeah, and uh, most of that was actually CGI. So they had a tree and they had the stuff floating in there, but like the boathouse and stuff, like they actually all added later on. Uh, but this is where we see the mist for the first time, uh, as they kind of look across the lake, and uh, the mist is coming across the lake. And will do you have any idea what the difference between a mist and the fog and the fog is? No, but I can tell you, I think uh, this uh, mid-2000s mist was better than the mid-2000s fog. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, uh, but then we go ahead and talk to Norton, uh, Lisa Will's favorite character in the movie, and ask for the insurance. And uh turns out that uh, Norton and Drayton have had some issues over the years and uh, definitely lawsuits, but he's definitely struggling with that chainsaw, and he's going the fuck off. That was hilarious. Right, because you got to remember, he's not from around those parts. He's some city slicker, big shot lawyer from the big city. Yeah, seem to be. Some- I think they even say he's supposed to be from New York. So it's like you know, it's like oh, he's not from the Wingland. He doesn't like Donks and Tom Brady. <laughs> uh, but see, his car is smashed. Um, and real quick, so the funny anecdote about the rental car. Um, I don't know if you knew this or not, Will. So originally. Uh, so on the commentary, Darabont says, oh, yeah, we just had to have a smash car, and I threw some sticks on it. But it turned out that was actually a rental car, and they weren't supposed to trash it. So they, so they returned it. They owed them a bunch of, you know, a bunch of fucking money and everything. So they weren't sure if the, the prop guys knew that and just did it anyways or if they didn't know. Um, it was kind of a funny exchange on the commentary, but it was the biggest, uh, basically, quote, unquote, budget fuck up. You know, so $18 million, I mean, for what happened in this movie – that's not a lot of money. I mean, that's a big actor, so I'm sure a lot of that was salary. So, right. I want to know how much of the 18 million was Thomas Jane. <laughs> well, he's fresh off the Punisher, so I mean, yeah, he probably got a buck fifty, you know, maybe two dollars. 
fresh off the Punisher. <laughs> I tried to rewatch that and I couldn't. I don't. I I liked that movie so much when I was, I was in high school, and I tried to rewatch it again. Not after uh, you and our friend Eric Freed's talked about it, and uh, yeah, I'm like, I can't. I can't do this. This is bad. <laughs> make, so make sure you go back in those nattering with the uh, archives and listen to what Eric and I did uh, about the Punisher. But uh, at the end, Norton kind of concedes. You know, uh, Drayton's pulling the whole nice guy. The the aw shucks. I mean, he's technically not a local, but he is a local. Obviously, you know, it's his grandfather's cabin and everything. So, uh, you know, Norton wants to ride into town, uh, which is very obviously very fortuitous. Uh, so Drayton and Norton and uh, the Norton kid, Billy, whatever. I don't know. I didn't like this kid. We'll just get that off right now. But you know, Kids suck, Tom. I know you haven't watched The Walking Dead, but I was so happy when I thought Carl almost died in season two. Or no, it was season one. He gets shot, and my friend was devastated by it. And they kept showing like replays of it, and like in commercials, and like at the start of the new episode, she's like, "Why do they keep showing me this?" I'm like, "Cause Carl sucks. Kids suck." I mean, we were all kids at one point, though. Will, I was a good kid, though. Yeah, and I sucked. I sucked then too. And guess what? I still suck now. <laughs> well, anyways, uh, they're heading into town. Uh, obviously, they see the military trucks. You know, and this is where Norton kind of goes off a little bit, asking about the Arrowhead Prize. Like, you're a local. You know, what's this Arrowhead Project? You know, rumors of spaceships, and they kind of make a bunch of jokes about, you know, the crazy lady at the laundromat. So we all know the crazy lady. And if you don't know the crazy lady, that means you are the crazy lady. That means probably me. Uh, but then they get to the store. And the thing is, too, because there's, there's some that go by, and then they start going by faster. Yeah, there's a whole bu- yeah, there's a whole bunch of them. Like everybody's going. Yeah. Um, but it's a real supermarket in, in Vivian, uh, Louisiana, not too far from Shreveport. And uh like we talked about a little bit earlier, so they uh it's a real store, uh, but the inside um they did recreate in a uh, sound stage. Uh but all the phones are still down. Obviously, cell phones aren't what they are today. Uh they head in the store and uh and the, the payphone. The payphone doesn't have any yeah. Any service. So, and uh, I'm going to go to the store, and uh, yeah, it's pretty much Thunderdome in the store. <coughs> you know, there's no power and everything. Uh, you know, the Sandy, the checker lady says, you know, it's just chaos in here, and everyone's paying by check and whatever. So, you know. Yeah, because the computers are down, so you'd have to pay by check or with, uh, or with cash. Yeah, so I'm not sure how she's bringing all this stuff up. She's kind of guesstimating, but uh, and half the people didn't show up. Um you know, then we see Ever the Amish, Mrs. Car- Mrs. Carmody, which obviously will come into the movie much later. Uh, you know, and then they look at the paper. It's the largest electrical storm in history. Uh, we see some Army dudes uh, and then roasted uh, by the MPs. So it looks like they were about to get ready to leave. Uh, but the MPs like, nope, got to head back to base. Uh, and then we go off to the school teacher lady, you know, and she goes off on, you know, government spending. Oh, military, you can spend all this money on bombs and whatnot, but you can't spend it on teachers. Uh, and then, Will, Amen. the beginning of this podcast that you heard, the siren goes off. I thought this was really well done. It was. The one they, like the Wikipedia talked about, but there's very minimal extra noise in the movie. Like, there's not a lot of, like, music. There's not a lot of, like, it's... It, 
yeah, I don't know why I'm trying to. I don't know why this is so hard to just say. There's not a lot of ambient sound. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. So when they do throw in something like the siren, it's like, oh shit. Yeah, which is, um, you know, we will actually get into that a little bit later here too with some of the sound effects. So, what are you doing, Smokes? My cat Smokes likes to throw our litter out of the litter box onto the litter mat. Ah, Smokes, I love you, kiddo. Anyways, uh, back to the movie. Sorry. No, at least at least she, at least Smoke tries. Yeah. Are your cats peeing outside the little box? So, they're not good at covering. So you hear a lot of like they wipe their paws on like the roof of the litter box. And Blanche sometimes does go outside the box because she doesn't back up to like the back of the box. She backs up to the front. So she's not doing it on purpose. It's just she backs up to the opening for some reason. It's like that's the opposite of what you should want to do naturally, but oh yeah, I mean Smokus does that and then she'll pee up a little bit and then she'll bury it outside. So that's all I'm I'm getting grief because I'm discussing the cat's litter box use on air. You know, I mean, the, the cats are characters on the podcast, so. Um, but uh, you know, everyone uh, crowds to the window. Uh, then we see some guy running to the store, um, bleeding. You know, and I said uh, maybe this guy shouldn't have prosecuted Andy Dufresne. Andy Dufresne was innocent. Um, and then uh, they're running on location. And that's uh, the him running up to, but then they cut the once he goes fine. Uh, but these screams are something in the mist that took John Lee. Um, and when the guy see, um, when the guy sees it, says screw it, and runs to his car, and then he's swallowed up by the mist. Uh, the CGI mist here, which looks great. Um, and then Miss Carmody says, uh, it's death, death is coming. And then, Will, we have an earthquake. You know, we were talking about the sound earlier. So all the sound, um, so that's all practical effects for the earthquake. So they had people like throwing stuff at people, um, like the lights were on some kind of thing. It wasn't one of those things where, you know, they have it on a hydraulic jack and they go like that. So it was basically them just shaking the camera. Uh, but they had this big, really cool um, earthquake sound effect that they used. And then they turned the bass up on it, but they didn't tell any of the actors. But it turned on really loud and scared everybody, so... I thought that was pretty cool. Um, different reactions. Some people want to stay. Uh, some people want to leave. But there's one lady uh, wants to head out um, as her oldest child is watching her youngest. Uh, but she asks for help, and no one's going to help her out. Well, she's freaking out. She, she, she's pleading to the masses. Who would walk with me to make sure my kids are safe? And people are avoiding contact. People are saying... I don't want to go back out there. People are saying, I've got my own kids to worry about. Yeah. So I'd be like, Which this is, um, Oh, I don't remember the name of her character from the walking dead. Oh, Mag. No, not Maggie. Uh, I don't remember her name of the walking dead, but she does a really good job. And she gets fed up waiting for somebody to offer to help her. And she, Tom, she opens that, she opens that door and she walks out. 
Yeah, we're Tony. I mean, oh, Carol's her name. That's right. Okay. Um, yeah, a lot of Walking Dead uh, references in here, but um, yeah, I guess she was a local actress at the time. She's done a little things. She'd been like in Dawson's Creek and some other stuff. Um, but then, you know, obviously Dallas being relatively close to Shreveport, uh, she happened to try out. She killed it. And then uh, from my good friends over at the In Madness podcast, you know, it's uh, you know the role that pretty much landed her is The Walking Dead. You know, and, yeah, and they, um, so, um, yeah, the, so for those who have seen The Walking Dead, Dale, Andrea, and Carol are in this movie. Okay. And Dale is... Dale is the fellow who winds up with him at the end. He's, he's, he's the one who comes in saying that, uh... Killed John Lee. Jimbo, Jim Bob, John Lee. Right, see that's that's not a main name. If it's like Jim Bob or like, yeah, Treffer, yeah, guy, yes. uh, his name is uh, Dreffy Dumont. Unless I was talking about earlier, uh, he was the prosecuting attorney in Shawshank Redemption. Uh, so he was the meanie pants that put Andy Dufresne, um unjustly in in jail. Um, but yeah, and then uh, the lady says, you know, in another it just says a woman with child. Uh, she says you can all rot in hell, and she pieces out. So she's like, fuck it. Um, but yeah, real quick side note here too. And obviously they're in a grocery store, uh, but they had to stock all those shelves themselves. Uh, then when they were done with the movie, they donated all that food to a local food bank. So, um, but man, you know, this fucking kid, I get it. It's traumatic, blah, 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 but it's kind of a fucking spoiled rotten brat. Uh, Stephen King definitely writes kids here as either super whiny or super badass. Gotta wait. Gotta finish them. Holly, what the hell were those tentacles even attached to? Oh my god. Uh, are you alright? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not my blood. I'm fine. Well, what the hell happened? I'll explain. Give me a minute, okay? I need to deal with some first. Please, I got to. Can't let Billy seem like this. I think he's scared enough. Just give me a minute. I'll keep him distracted. Okay? Okay. Hey, look. I'm sorry about Norm. Me too. I mean, I ain't making excuses. I'm just saying. Look, we need to tell people. No need to see how it went down or anything like that. But, uh, we're in the deep shit here. People need to know. What about the out-of-towners? You got plenty of them in the store. Where do we even start? Brent Norton? The windbag? He's an important attorney in New York. That fellow could be on the bench one day. Comes one from people in this town or, or anywhere. Yeah, that's right. Do it quick, David. We gotta discuss how we're gonna stop that thing getting in here. Wait, wait, what do you mean getting in? You shut the loading door. Yeah, but the entire front of the store is plain glass. Jesus Christ. Come here. Come here. Tell me. 
ankles. Yeah. Gentlemen, um, I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm just not that stupid. I mean, what do you take me for? I'm shocked. I'm shocked. I'm shocked. It's, it's pretty tasteless using what's happening here to try to make me look like an idiot. No, no, no. That's not what's going on here. Look, I got Come back to the loading dock, okay? I'll show you blood, like a chunk of tentacle on the on, on the floor. No. No. What do you mean, no? Uh, no. We got uh, real problems to deal with here, and uh, this uh, pathetic attempt at a joke has gone far enough. Mr. Norton, what reason could we possibly have? Oh, please, please! This is payback for the lawsuit that I filed against him last year, and you guys are backing him up. So winning wasn't enough, huh? You wanted to humiliate me some more. Right? Show me a rubber snake while these, these hicks stand around laughing at us. Hey, what are you calling it? I swear, you've got us all wrong. You're not too crazy about um, out-of-towners, are you? I only spend my money and I pay my taxes here, and I've seen you talking behind my back. How you all stick together. Well, don't I feel foolish? I actually thought you were being kind to me today. Well, thanks for setting me straight. And I'm glad that tree fell on your bow house, you know that? Glad. Smashed it in pretty good, didn't it? Fantastic. Now all of y'all, just stay out of my way. I know you're scared, man. I'm scared, too. But lives are at stake around here, David, okay? David. My son's life. Now, I need you. Brent, please, get your head out of your ass, all right? I'll drag you back there if I have to. Come, Come here. David, David, get your... Get, get your goddamn hands off of me! I'll sue your ass again! Sue your ass, and this time you'll go to jail! This man assaulted me. He assaulted me. You were witness to it. This man crazy. He's crazy. No. He isn't. I, I wish he was, but he isn't. Everyone in the store, you want to come back here? There's something you need to hear. It concerns you all. Okay? Wait, 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 wait. I don't know what you people think you're doing. You're drinking? For Christ's sake, Ollie. Do you want me to report to you? You want to lose your job? Look, I'm going to be taking down names, starting with you. And I am prepared to file a police report. I names. In the meantime, shut the fuck up and listen. Help. Please. Please. Let me, let me preach your word. Let me shine your light. Because they're not all bad. They can't all be bad. Some can be saved, can't they? Yes. Some can be brought to heaven's holy gates through your grace. I have to believe that, though I know most will swim. save a few, even one, and my eye will have counted for something. I will have pulled my maid. I will have earned my place at your side. I will have served a purpose here on this earth. Hello? I just need to use the bathroom. Oh. Okay, well then, how about it?
I just want you to know that it's okay being scared, I mean. And, well, if you need a friend, you know, someone to talk to. I have a friend. God up above. I talk to him every day. Don't you condescend to me. I'm sorry? Not ever. You don't mock me. That's not what I was doing. <laughs> well, I tell you what. The day I need a friend like you, I'll just have myself a little squat and shit one out. Um, I don't remember if we brought it up, but the majority of the cast were all brought in. Is Most of them were extras. So a lot of these people who end up being more pertinent to the plot were just people that were there to be extras. Yeah. Like, yeah, originally, um, the, I'm sure we all identify with this guy, but uh, the, the, the manager guy was definitely one of those guys where he had a bit part in there, but he just did it so well where it turned out, and, like, I really wanted to punch that guy at a couple points. I'm like, you definitely know who this guy is, so I'm sure he's a manager like that. But, uh, yeah, and I was just lamenting here on how whiny this kid was. You know, listen, Stephen King either writes his kids, either <laughs> funny or... Kids are the worst. He's even sucking his thumb. Um, but then we meet the new school teacher, uh, and her and Drayton are already flirty. You know, I mean, he's only been away from his wife for, you know, half an hour here, but, uh, uh, Drayton's going back for supplies and here's, uh, Norton, you know, uh, riling the people up. But while he's in the back, look at the professor, uh, it's not looking so hot. Um, I do love that he cracked his head open, you know, walking out of the compressor cage. Uh, and then he tripped and stuff like that. I was hoping that was unscripted, but. That's what was supposed to happen, but we cut to Miss Carmody, uh, my personal favorite, telling everyone, uh, it's this is their fault. You know, they've been living in sin. And uh, you know, and this is this is the retribution. So when we cut to Drayton in the back and they um something really wants to get in the loading dock. Um real quick. So basically in the loading dock, that was um all those shots took about six days, by the way. Um yeah, something was pounded on the door, it wanted in well. So uh, but he runs to the front, no one believes him, and then uh, they patronize him a little bit, you know, because, I mean, he's kind of like like a rental local. Uh, but the crew goes back all with flashlights, uh, and they confirmed that the generator is basically plunked from the outside. You know, the guy, you know, all the guys are being cock-strong, wanting to head out, um, and no one believes Drayton, so they're just like, oh, Mr. Boogeyman, blah, 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 blah. Um, yeah, they got the, the, they got the two, like, gas station auto mechanic employees and Norm the bag boy. Yeah. That guy was such a dick. Uh -huh. And then, uh, you know, this is like, oh, you think you're better than us because you're Mr. Hollywood, blah, 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 blah. He's like, no, I don't think I'm better. It's just, I saw where I am. Uh, they get the door up, and then uh, they're all kind of chuckling. It's like, any, any boogeyman out there? And then they all chuckle until some motherfucking tentacle comes up and grabs norms. Um, so... Here's here's where Tom and Will start, I think, to split opinions. I don't like the tentacle. I think part of it's just I feel like and I get it's the guy the guy who did design work for uh Pan's Labyrinth. Mm -hmm. And that I mean that's a, if people haven't seen that, I mean the some of the design stuff in that one's kind of quirky and out there too. Like I didn't like the design of it, and I feel like this is a movie, and we'll talk about more as they introduce other spooky things. 
it could have potentially been scarier if you don't show it. Like if some if they just respond to something and the kid just gets like dragged out, but you don't see like the weird suctiony. It's not even like a suction cup because it's like like a bunch of mouths at the bottom and it's just like taking like random chunks out of the kid. He gets fucked up. And then there's a bunch of other tentacles that just kind of like wither in and wither out. It's like, why didn't they just grab all? Why don't they just fucking crank that kid out there? Um, <laughs> like when they were dragging he cra- he, uh, him to cracking his face in that fucking door. I don't know why that made me laugh or not. But uh, and of course, obviously, you know, Drayton, you know, uh, being the, the macho guy is the only one even helping this kid. You know, all the guys that were talking shit earlier, Norm and Norm and Jim, were just kind of sitting back freaking out. Uh, but Ollie smartens up because uh, Ollie's definitely the hero of this movie. Grabs an axe and uh, yeah, and we lose Norm. He gone. Uh, yeah, and then they get the compressor back open, get the door closed. Um, yeah, not before Drayton cuts a tentacle off. So they get the tentacle back. Uh, they go back outside. Uh, the locals playing Drayton. Uh, you know, they're like, well, why didn't you explain it better? Why didn't you say it? It's like, I mean, what the fuck else is he going to say? Yeah, and Drayton roughs the guy up a bit. It's like, you know, this is your fault. You know, I he his blood is on me. Which as we go on and the different conversations and like in the who's to blame. Drayden saying his blood is on my hands. Literally. But you guys are the ones that killed him. Who did it? Yeah. And then uh yeah, and then Drayton kicks the you know locals the front, and him and Ali kind of have a little powwow, uh, trying to figure out you know like what do you tell people, um, you know so. Uh, they tell, they, they tell the neighbor first. They tell the grocery manager. So well, the grocery manager comes out and kind of accosts them. Right, and then they they go back and they they show him tentacle. And he pokes it with a broom, yes, and sir. it flexes, and then it melts. Yeah. Weird. Don't, why? They don't explain why. Don't worry. This isn't going to come back up again the rest of the movie. Yeah. Um, but then they go back out, and the guy's like, yeah, there's a – we got a problem. <laughs> yeah. Well, they talk, to the, well, they talk to the teacher lady, um, you know, as I refer – her name's Amanda. Um, I keep calling her side piece, which is not really fault. Um, but we'll, in the novella, she is. Yeah, literally. So you see, I heard that too, huh? It's on the Wikipedia page. Yeah, apparently, uh, they're they, trapped in that grocery store for less than a day, and they start just like going to town. Five, six, Stephen King. So, um, Coke's a hell of a drug, Tom. Yeah, <laughs> that, that it is. Um, but then they come out, Drayton changes his shirt. Uh, that's the only costume change in the whole movie, Will. Yes, he, he wanted to change his clothes. He didn't want his kid to see him covered in blood. I mean, that makes sense, though. Um, Ollie Drayton and the locals trying to figure out what to say and, uh, and do. And uh, then uh, Ollie points out, by the way, um, the whole front of the store is made of plate glass. So uh, then they bring Norton in, and Norton ain't having it. Uh, Norton's obviously got some previous trauma here that he's kind of, you know, putting in uh, everybody's face, but uh, 
He knows Charles will sit everyone. Uh, he's, he thinks it's all about him, that they're making fun of him. Uh, the whole kick boodle. Um, Morton and Drayton get Right, they bring him in. He, he like looks to him. He starts laughing. He's like, you guys are like fucking with me. <laughs> he's like, yeah, I've sued your ass once and I'll sue you again. And this time I'll fucking win. Um, you know, and then uh, Ollie calls everyone and the store manager does what small dick store managers do. Uh, tries to write up Ollie for drinking on the job. He's like, you know, you're still on the clock, right? And like, really? Well, he's got bigger thing, you know. And then he's like, I want everybody's name. So I'm like, uh, Drake tells Norm he's, uh, you know, tells him Norm is gone, and still the manager's like, Norm, Norm, where are you? And then, oh, like, that's right. I'm so we. I jumped ahead. See if I took notes. Maybe this wouldn't happen. Uh, but yeah. So then can, they go. And yeah, everyone's lying. He's like, "Oh yeah, these tentacles that are coming out of the beer cans." Snarky. As moment. a and as a retail employee, the part where he tells him to like shut the fuck up, basically, he's like, "I'm going to write you up." It's like really not worried about it right now. Like, eat my ass. <laughs> yeah, I I, I I totally thought of you when I saw that. So, um, yeah, and then once again, Frank Darabont said, "Yeah, but the manager was you know had a smart part, but." The guy that played him was where did he go? But he did a really good job. I mean, it was a small part, and he kind of you know in certain parts, but um, I really enjoyed it. So, uh, but then they go back, and now Mr. Manager now he believes them. Will so uh, next we see everyone prepping the store, trying to solidify the windows. Uh, we have Miss Carmody uh, taking a dump in the bathroom. Uh, this scene cracks me the fuck up. This is not real, Jim. Yeah. Um, but takes a little little prayer stall, right? She's on her knees. She's got. <laughs> she's getting all biblical. Uh, and she's like, if I can even say just when, uh, when Miss Teacher Lady comes in, uh, needing to poop. I mean, you know, obviously that's what you need to do. Uh, you know, she tells Miss Carmody, if you need a friend, you know, I'm here for you. And uh, what's her response, Bill? It's it's not going to be an exact quote because I don't have it written down, but it's something along the lines of if I wanted a friend like you, I would squat and shit one out myself. That's exactly what she said. So, um, not not very Christianly, if you ask me. No, which of, they really don't explain why she's got so much beef with her to start with. Maybe there's more to it in the novella. Yeah. Um. I you know, maybe she's a little maybe she's a little homewrecker in the novella, and that's why. Because this lady's awfully antagonistic, like from the go. I mean, I hated her guts too. She's like, well, when he's like, "Oh, I hope you're having a great day," and she's like, "Well, with lines like these, I don't see how that's possible." It's like I would club her with a ham. Yeah, that's the first thing you see. Yeah, that's the first thing we we hear. So. Um, but then, yeah, then she's got the, 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 like the white scarf over her head. She's got it's like, pow. Yeah. Uh, then we, you know, after that, we get Norton being Norton, uh, getting all judge like, uh, you know, and he's just, everyone wants to think rationally. Um, he's trying to formulate a plan. He's like, you know, this may be a force of nature, but it's not, you know, supernatural. Um, you know, I mean, he, he's part, I mean, you can see. You know, if you're in real life, you could definitely see, you know, what his point was. It's just such a arrogant prick about it. Um, yeah, Miss Carmody back starts preaching. Uh, it's time to repent. Um, you know, a bunch of the locals wants to fight her. 
Uh, she wants to save the children. Uh, and then there's a really creepy part where, um, you know, she, she's playing with that lady's kid. I'm like, she touches my kid like that? I mean, okay, once, I'm like, all right, bitch. But second time, I'm dotting her in the eye. That was weird. But then we finally, uh, <laughs> we I love this part. And then uh, this is where expiation starts going on. Uh, Will, I'm sure we'll hear a lot about expiation throughout this movie. Uh, you know, in, in uh, Obviously, the teacher leader wants uh, wants her to stop. Uh, she keeps going, but uh, if Ellie's um, Ollie says shuts or tells her to shut up, uh, if she doesn't shut up, we're gonna tail her. Uh, Jesus Christ! If she doesn't stop doing what she's doing, Ollie's gonna tape her up because she's very well known for being unstable. Um, you know, and you think she's you think she's the lady from the, the laundromat? They said it was different. See, I thought that, but it was a different name for the lady at the laundromat. Yeah. Um, I mean, it would make sense, but uh, but Drayton talking to his kid who doesn't want to talk uh, to the scary lady. Uh, Drayton doesn't either. Um, and he finally asked about mom. So I mean, we're forty five minutes in the movie, and uh, we forget that he's got a wife. Um, next, the people are gathering weapons. They ask the store manager um, if he had a gun. He's like, "We ain't Los Angeles line." I'm like, "Wow, that's kind of a all right." I mean, I, I get it, but um, all right, see. Okay, as another as a local New Englander, that rural Maine, they all got fucking guns. They're all strapped. Those teachers are all probably strapped. The old, they don't say they're lesbians, but like those teachers are lesbians. You know, like they're they got pieces. Yeah, well, ironic. But this is where we learn that her name's not Andrea in the shit movie, but she. She's got a she's got a gun. Her husband said she should have it. You know, and I mean, especially if he's gone a lot. I mean, that makes sense. Um, and Ollie is a state champion sharpshooter. Nineteen ninety four. Yep, nineteen ninety four state. You know, um, well, I mean, they're all picking on her because she's got a gun, but she's like, well, it's not loaded. Like, well, I mean, what's the gun gonna do? Gun loaded? Then she pulls out the. You know the four cylinders, so she's got she's got bullets. You know, and the manager asks if anyone can shoot well, and Ollie's like, "Well, I can." And the manager's like, "Really, Ollie? Come on!" And he's like, "I'm state champ in 1994, sharpshooter, motherfucker." So once again, Ollie's stepping up. Um, but now Orton and his crew are heading out, but Drayton tries to stop them because Norton's Norton's got his own little posse. He's like, "Come on, man! I mean, they're they're barbecuing up some chicken." You know, the whole King Caboodles just wake us out. He's like, no, we're going to leave and get some rescue. And then Drayton asked North if uh, he'll wear a rope to see if he at least get 300 feet. I, I don't really understand what the 300-foot thing is. Maybe it's because... I think it's because I think it's cause the rope is 300 feet. And that way they know, okay, they could get to their cars if they get through the 300 feet, maybe. Yep, so they tied it to one of the kind of like mechanic-y biker guys. Because he's the last one in line. He's kind of bringing up the rear. And on his way out, he tells the lady, like, I do believe in God. I just don't think he's the angry, spiteful Old Testament. Old thirsty motherfucker that you do think he is. So That you do. And she's like, well, you can discuss that with Satan, basically. It's like, sweetie, he's got a... I mean... It's funny. She's like, you can talk to Satan when you talk to him at your leisure. I was like... Um, that was pretty awesome. But, Will, I think this is a good time to take a break. 
Here's the, uh, the charcoal fluid and the mops to make torches. And we got knives and stuff, God knows. This may be a silly question, bud, but do you happen to have a gun in the store? Here? No, please. This, this is in Los Angeles. I've got a shotgun in my truck. I could try for it if you want. Oh, God, I don't think that'd be a good idea, Mr. Cornell. Hold on. This gun, um, my husband's idea. He's away on business a lot. It's not even loading. Ain't much use unloading, ma'am. Oh. You know how to use that? Well, I shot it once on a pistol range. Hit the target a few times. So, we got a gun. Anybody know how to shoot it? Well, I mean, I do. You? Target sharing, you know. state champion in '94. Hey, Greg, no, you're crazy. Let, go. Let us pass. Let us pass, please. Let's just talk this thing through. We have, and we made our decision. We're leaving. Hey, Mr. Mackey's gonna barbecue some chicken on the gas grill. Why don't we just sit down? And what? Just... Let you keep on talking? No, I've been in far too many courtrooms to fall for that. You've already psyched out half a dozen of my people already. Your people? What kind of talk is that? They are people. That's all. Now, now listen, everyone. We are experiencing some kind of disaster. I don't know whether it's man-made or natural, but I do know that it's definitely not supernatural or biblical. And no offense, Mrs. Carmody, but the only way we're going to help ourselves is to seek rescue. We're going out. Brent, look. I'm not discussing this any further. I know. I just want to ask a favor. You tie this around your waist? Or four. It'll let us know you got at least 300 feet. I'll do it. Are you throwing in with him? Me? No, thanks. I think your man there is a little too tightly wound. Gonna get somebody killed. But I'm thinking we could use that shotgun of yours. I saw where you parked when I pulled in. Red pickup, right? Far entrance. Son, you got brass balls. The shells are in the glove compartment. Drive it back. Right. Just see the paying out this line. Lines up. I'll cut her loose, just so you understand. Yeah. Sure, there's no way I can talk you out of this, David, there's nothing out there. Nothing in the midst. What if you're wrong? Then, I guess, the joke would be on me, after all. We're going to send back help. You'll die out there, all of you. Hey, crazy lady, I believe in God, too. I just don't think he's the bloodthirsty asshole you make him out to be. Oh, you, you take that up with the devil when you run into him. You just chat it over at your leisure. All right. Um, yeah, so Mr. Biker guy uh, wants to go out because I said someone said they had a shotgun in their car. Um, yeah, so he's going to go out there and get it. Yeah, that's uh, the guy who kind of looks like John Carpenter. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, there you go with the, with the horror references again. So um, that's, that's right. Crazy. He's he's the real man. He's like, I got he's got the truck out there with the fog lights. 
the old ass paint job, but there's there's a shotgun in there and it's probably loaded, but you're not supposed to drive around with it loaded, but you know that thing's loaded. Um, yeah, but I mean, like I said earlier, Norton and his crew strike out for town, but none of those guys have a car. Um, so, but he walks out to get the shotgun. Uh, rope is good. Uh, and then it tightens up a little bit, then all hell breaks loose. Um, that fucking line starts flying through their hands. Uh, it goes up on the wall, and then it gets some slack. They all fall down, and then they start dragging, and uh, it starts getting bloody, and they start dragging up half a torso. I guess these monsters only wanted the top half of this guy, so. Right, they conveniently left the, the neatly where the rope was around him yeah. so they could drag back the... And what a clean cut, too. This thing is, like, yep. surgical. Yeah, and then Mrs. Carmody never wanted to stop to take a chance, you know, and uh, rub shit in people's faces, says people, you know. Uh, we see some different expressions in the face. We can definitely start to see uh, more people in here. Well, I know I this probably isn't on the level of Death of Smoochie. I probably asked you this before. Um, have you ever read Lord of the Flies? I haven't read it. Okay. But you know the premise of the movie or the book, I'm assuming? Seen the movie. Okay. The movie ain't a good one? I mean, it's from like 1982, I think. Right I mean, as far as I remember, I mean, I watched it probably 20 years ago. It was on Tubi. I think it might be off now, but... Uh, Stephen King has always said that Lord of the Flies is his favorite book. This is basically Lord of the Flies in a grocery store. You know what? Actually, I think I did read it, but again, it was like 20 years 20 ago. Years ago. Because it was one of those things where we read the book, watched the movie, compare, contrast. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a very, I, I enjoyed it. I, I need to reread for sure. Uh, but yeah, this is, like I said, this is basically just Lord of the Flies in a grocery store. Uh, as we can, this is where we really start to see people start to buy a little bit here. Uh, but then the, the, the beggar lady, the nice little store lady, uh, her real name is Alexa De, uh, De, Devilos. Devilos. Um, I know she was in Man in the High Castle. And I know she's done some other stuff. Let's see, she was dead. No. Um, but actually, so Frank Darabont went to high school with uh, Miss Devilos' mom, so she's known her since she's like a year and a half old. Um, and this is really the one scene I think they could have done without. Uh, she's in the back, and one of the army guys comes out. Um, and then they're talking. He's like, why'd you never hit on me? I knew you had a crush on me. He's like, probably because I'm dumb. Um, you know, they kiss, la da da I don't know. I don't thought the whole scene, but um, the parking lot lights are on, but uh, there's no power. Um, but uh, we go to a guy, and he's, um, you know, he's eating his chicken, kind of watching his watch, because uh, listen, the store manager was, was cooking out chicken. You know, Will, if you're going to be stuck in a, in a place anywhere, um, obviously, uh, a grocery store is a good spot. Uh, but I really like this spot. You know, the guy's eating his chicken. Obviously, you know it's going to happen, but you can see something in the background. All of a sudden, a big locust kind of thing comes out. Um, you know, hits the window. And, of course, it's got to be locust, just like Mrs. Parmy says. Um, some kind big of, ones. They weren't small. Um, they, and, they were not small. <laughs> yeah. And then a bunch of them start hitting the window. Then a big motherfucker one comes through the window. Uh, Ollie figures out they're attracted to the lights. Um, obviously, you know, Jim and the other guys are all turning the lights on. Um, and Sally, the big girl gets a bug to the neck and, uh, she's gone. And man, that was, ugh. 
Oof. Oh yeah, she had like full on anaphylaxis swelling. Yeah. So here here's another bit of beef I've got with the monsters, right? Consistency of monster design. So we had this weird people can't see the gesture I'm making. <laughs> but if you've seen Pan's Labyrinth, then think of the thing from Pan's Labyrinth. You got the tentacle thing. And then you got giant locusts. And then it's like this weird pterodactyly sphinx cat looking thing. Yeah, they're all from uh, from another world. But they're all in cahoots. Yeah, they're all bugs. So, but they're not all bugs. <laughs> I don't love the monster design. Again, I feel like there's ways. I didn't hate the locust thing as much, but I feel like if you want to show there's something bigger that's like busting in, I think it would have been cooler if we didn't see it. All right. Do you see the Punisher? I don't know what's on the Punisher. Oh, here we go. The Punisher, Thomas Jane. Ah, <laughs> uh, the TV series. Interesting. Oh, maybe she's in season two. Okay. Anyways, uh, but yeah, Sally's dead. Um, basically, I mean, we could talk all night. I mean, I know Will doesn't like the the monsters and everything. Um, but basically, all hell breaks loose, you know. And then um, the guys lighten up. You know, they figure out. Obviously, he started them on fire. Uh, he starts a mop on fire, uh, but they trips over like garbage can and then or the mop bucket that full of fire they had and sets himself on fire. Um, yeah, it's just chaos of bugs and fire. Uh, then one one of the bugs lands on Mrs. Carmody, but she's spared, unfortunately, Will. Um, so, yeah, it's – I mean, there's a lot going on here. So, obviously, it, it's just chaos. Um, but, yeah, like I talked about, you know, and we'll discuss this, Will. So, one of the bugs lands on Mrs. Carmody, uh, but she keeps talking to God, saying, you know, I'm doing your will, blah, blah, blah. And then she uh, – yeah, then she's saved. And then uh, – Ollie starts shooting everybody because Ollie's a bad. I mean, listen, Ollie's a bad motherfucker, and then that stupid fucking kid. Just, I mean, see the monster. You know, he sees Ollie pointing a gun at it, and the kid's just standing there. Duh. I mean, I understand you're nine years old, you're in shock, you're scared, but I mean, come on, use your fucking head here. Um, so, and usually I don't mind kids, but I don't know, for some odd reason this kid bothered me. But, uh, but yeah, I guess I'll will all in all. Um, you know, this scene only took him six days to film. So, um, pretty fucking impressive. So, and a lot of, you know, obviously there's a lot of CGI in there, but like when he was, uh, Drayton was chasing the, the one thing that was on fire, I guess they had a, like, um, like a mop head on fire. And then they were like dragging on a drag line or something like that. So it was kind of cool. So, uh, they finally win. Um, uh, they assess the damage. Sally's dead. Um, and of course they just let the kids see that. Cause I mean, she's dead, dead. So. And then uh, we see, uh, obviously, more and more people come to the crazy lady because uh, she foretold, you know, the, the locusts coming to attack everybody. So, um, Will, do you have any, any other assessments besides the consist- lack of consistency with, with the monsters in the scene? No, but this is, you know, we're talking about, like, you know, if you want to tell, like, what makes a good horror movie, right? It's like, 
it's they just so they eliminated right that we're we're safe in here. Well, now you're not safe in there because they can just break right through if they want to. Yeah, so I don't know how they. I mean, if they killed them all, or I don't know. Well, they. It's like they were treated, but we'll we'll see this at other and um a bit that's coming up not too long after this, where it's like there's a lot of them. Then all of a sudden, it's like they all just kind of like back off. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll uh, we'll definitely see where, uh, where where things go from here, um, and then we cut, and then Amanda uh, is comforting the kid. Um, you know, Drake talking how he likes his toys. I don't understand what my notes say here, so I'm just gonna skip that part. Uh, but yeah, Ali comes over to Drayton. Uh, the burn guys <laughs> doing very well. So I think what they did didn't they just fill a bunch of mop buckets filled with like gasoline and stuff like that? Yep. Then that guy tripped over. That was a more shitty way to go. Um, but uh, you know, and he's you know, obviously he's not doing well, and he wants to die. Uh, and then uh, the Amanda lady, she talks to her other teacher friend, um, Hattie was her name, and Hattie was originally one of uh, Darabont's um, script producers. So this is her first acting role, by the way. But I missed this the first time. I thought she just like died of shock or whatever. But I guess she killed herself. Did you catch that out of this? I didn't catch that on either watch. Yeah, I mean, I didn't catch it on a rewatch. But, but it, it checks out that she was, like, dead. But, like, I didn't see her do anything. You know, maybe when I watch this for a third time in black and white, I'll, uh, I'll have to see if there's any, like, if there's, like, pills or, like, something nearby. Because, yeah, I didn't I didn't get that it was supposed to be that she killed herself. Yeah, so I, I, I guess, yeah, that's exactly what happened. She took some sleeping pills or not, so... You know, you see one last scene, she was kind of struggling. You know, she's trying to grab Billy because he's being stupid. But, uh, uh, but they need to get to the drugstore, which is across the street. Uh, for, uh, right, because they, they need painkillers, medications. Um, and then Drake says, you know, at this point, we can get to his car. Um, they got to leave because uh, Mrs. Carmody is starting to convert more and more people. Um, and this is the fun little part where they're talking about, you know, a whole civilized society and Drayton's like, well, you know, we're civilized until you take away, you know, the ability to call 911 and pull up the electricity. So uh, definitely throw that on. And uh, like I mentioned before, not to suck my own dick or anything, but uh, definitely Lord of the Flies like here, for sure. Um, and then Bali Pipes in, basically like, yeah, basically everyone's fundamentally insane. Uh, why do you think they invented politics and religion? My man, Ollie, good looking out. Um uh, but yeah, at this point, uh, Drake tells you know his son he's leaving, and of course he's crying about it. Um, crazy lady across him is like, "What do you want to orphan your son? Why are you leaving?" Uh, says if you go out there, you're gonna bring them uh, with the wrath of God. Uh, she preach, she keeps preaching, keeps preaching until the old lady throws a can of peas at her. Well, you gotta admit that was pretty funny, right? He the the I like because she's like. Oh, the Bible says I can stone people if I don't approve. So she's like, and I got a lot of these. I got lots of so. Uh, th- yeah, that was that was definitely some some lighthearted fun because there's not a lot of heart lighthearted moments in this fucking movie. It's pretty it's pretty stressful from the fucking get go. Um, and then uh, Ollie Drayton, uh, you know Jim from uh, 
Oh, the the teacher lady says she knows Jim and her sister. They were always underachievers. Uh, you're coming to the drugstore from us. Uh, obviously, the the um, the old guy from Shawshank comes to the drugstore. The one that well, we'll talk about what happens. But I did not notice this though, Will. So one of the army guys obviously goes over there with them. Um, but the guy that's yeah, the it's the one that t- was talking to um, Sally. What's her name? Sally. Yeah, so he's a local kid. You know. Why join the army? But I did not notice this, and we'll get into it a little bit later. But the second time I watched it, um, that guy was dressed up as a butcher. He gave him a big butcher knife. So we'll see how that comes into play later. Dun dun dun. Uh, but they walk over to the drugstore, and man, the doors are propped open. Uh, that's not good. Uh, they can sense something's going on, um, but they got to find the silvadine and some pain meds. Um, but they find a bunch of people in cobwebs. Um, you know, Drayton wants to split. split Including the, the MP that told the guys earlier that they're not going to leave. They got to go back to base. Yeah, because he was going to the drugstore and coming right back. And obviously, he didn't come back. Um, but he's still alive, uh, but we don't know it. So, Jim, uh, the car guy, kind of backs up into him. And then um, Will's favorite kill of the movie. Uh, you really like it. So, like he, oh. he, start, he scares. There's yelling. And he's like, I'm sorry. It was our fault because they look and there's people like cobwebbed up to like the ceiling. Yeah. And they're trying to like peel them out, but it's like you can't like break it. You can't get this guy loose. And he starts like convulsing. He's like, and I feel them inside of me. And you start seeing like his shirt kind of rips open. It's got like a bunch of boils. It looks like, but it's all these little like spiders coming out of his body. Really well done. And then he dies. And they're like, we got to go. Oh, before, I think right before this is one of the, it's, I can't, I don't know if it's one of the best or the worst lines, but the older guy says, I hear something. And they're like, what? He goes, I don't know, it was fucking weird or something fucking weird or something like that. And I'm like, you probably hearing a lot of weird shit, right? (laughs) But he, the MP falls and his whole torso just like melts, bursts across the floor and it's just all these little spider spiders and then, and then they show some bigger spider things yeah with the wing because they weren't the same locust things right no no they're spiders yeah they're like shooting cobwebs and shit at them so they're like acidy cat cobwebs like they're and there's like right because they it and I couldn't tell if it was supposed to be like a slow-mo shot because they shoot the first one and Thomas Jane's kind of like, like moving out of the way and it hits around and does like a tss. Yeah. Um, But then uh, there's one part listed. I, I didn't know um, most the first time, but yeah, then uh, the old teacher lady, uh, she did the old hairspray and a lighter trick. Um, that was legit. That was a practical effect. She really actually did that. Um, so I thought that was kind of cool. Uh, so she starts burning stuff. Um, yeah, one one guy gets cobwebbed to the face. The other guy gets they get a strand around his leg, and he gone. Yeah, and that guy was I, I didn't I didn't, to, I didn't totally get because that was the guy's brother, right? That they were trying to the burn guy. Yeah, so like it went around and like his pant leg came down. Like it didn't take his whole leg, but then when they're dragging him out, he's all of a sudden dead. So like from what. He was fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
But then uh, they didn't have the budget in the eighteen million to keep them alive. So yeah, like yep, you're only you're only contracted for this many minutes. So uh, they go um go all run back to the store, mainly Jim. Uh, classic jump skate here. They kind of telegraphed a little bit because they, they kind of cut back to the store and everyone's quiet. And the store manager kind of looks back and he shakes his head. And then he looks out the window. Then Jim just slams him to the window and he's freaking out. Uh, so Jim played by William Sadler, a uh, great fucking actor. Another guy from um, Shawshank Redemption. I thought he was, I mean, that guy's fucking brilliant in everything he does though. So, um, but yeah, and then I guess, you know, this is one of the scary, you know, this, uh, this, and, uh, Darabont, you know, the actor, um, cause obviously he's come pretty close to Stephen King and they watched it together. And he said that, that, uh, that jump scare actually got Stephen King, which I don't know. I mean, it was pretty telegraphed. I mean, you, I'm, I don't know. I yeah. kind of, so, um, come back. That, that scene could have been tightened up if you just took out like 20 seconds of that, right? Like if it's just them waiting and he's like, like leaning against, or even if it's like he's looking, he gives up, turns around, and like backs up against the door. Still telegraphed, but the whole <sighs> yeah. Well, and then they kind of pan, you know, to him, put him to the left, and then it's out. I mean, you know. yeah. But uh, you come back, Mrs. Carmody doing Mrs. Carmody things. Um, Drayton has passed uh, is passed out. Obviously, he's had a rough couple days. Um, and this is <laughs> this is the expiation scene. Uh. You know, and uh, Mr. Carmen's getting people riled up, including local guy Jim. Um, you know, he, he's shouting about expiation, expiation. Um, if there's not a death metal band out there called Expiation Will, I'm going to be really fucking disappointed. Um, uh, then, yeah, obviously, and Drayton's got his little crew of people. And then the one guy that looks like John Carpenter makes a funny comment and compares Mrs. Carmody. Like, man, that bitch likes to talk a lot like Castro used to. Um, kind of out of left field, but I thought that was hilarious. And Ali goes, uh, he says, welcome to Sesame Street. Today's word is expiation. Um, Toby, what's this guy's name? Toby something? Toby Jones, I think is his name. He's all over the place. I think he's in a bunch of Marvel movies, ain't he? He was in the new Indiana Jones. So um, really, I mean, I'm going to just take the time. He's, I thought, I mean, I liked Ali. I thought he was well acted. Um, not your traditional looking actor, if that makes sense. You know, he's kind of your dorky. Yeah, but I mean, it's, it's believable if you were to see, like, some kind of, you know, smaller, you know, he, he looks like the kind of guy that would work at a grocery store. At 32 years old. Yeah. So, um, but I'm just, I mean, I mean like just, me. well, yeah, but you're a manager and you're a lot more than just a grocery store. A little bit. Uh, but yeah, Toby Jones, I said the actor himself, though. I thought I thought he's really good. He does, he's really good in whatever he does. So um but uh Drayton has some people convinced um, you know, posse to leave. Uh, but Drayton wants to talk to the army boys first because the MP MP was talking about his fault. But uh no one, uh just the one army guy who lost his girlfriend, uh, but no one else knows where the other ones are. Um, the only place they haven't looked will is the loading dock. It's out there. You're talking about leaving? Well, we should hit the pharmacy first. Gotta bring back supplies for the injured. I mean, if we don't, Joe Eagleton's gonna die. We can't let that happen. But after that, look, my Land Cruiser can all eight people. I say we drive south as far as the fuel takes us and try to get clear of this mist. That's it? That's the plan? That's what I got. No, you can't mean it. Not after what happened to Norton and his group. No, no, no. Amanda, think. Norton got over 200 feet from this store. That's how much rope played out. I'm parked half that 
distance from here. But who knows how far this mist has spread? It could be the entire eastern seaport. Yeah, it, it could be the whole world, for all we know. It wouldn't make us any less dead, no, would it? We have one gun. How many rounds? We've got ten left. Ten rounds, Jesus. Okay, so ten. Want another reason to get the hell out of here? I'll give you the best one. Her. Mrs. Carmody. She's got her very own Jim Jones. I'd like to leave before people start drinking the Kool-Aid. He's right. Like your people get, the better she's gonna look. No, I don't buy that. It's obvious she's nuts. Look, a few people, maybe, but... No, I count four. She's preaching to them right now. By noon, she'll have four more. By tomorrow night, when those things come back, she'll have a congregation, and then we can start worrying about who she's gonna sacrifice to make it all better. Hmm? You, Amanda, my little boy. He's right. You don't have much faith in humanity, do you? None whatsoever. I can't accept that. People are basically good, decent. Oh my God, David, we're a civilized society. Sure, as long as the machines are working and you can dial 911, but you take those things away, you throw people in the dark, you scare the shit out of them. No more rules. You'll see how primitive they get. You scare people badly enough, you get them to do anything. They'll turn to whoever promises a solution. Or whatever. Ollie, please, back me up here. I wish I could. As a species, we're fundamentally insane. Put more than two of us in a room, we pick sides and start dreaming up reasons to kill one another. Why do you think we invented politics and religion? Going out now, Mrs. Carmody. Please stand aside. You can't go out. I won't allow it. Won't allow it? It's against God's will. Don't you know that by now? Haven't I proven myself again and again and again haven't i shown that i am his vessel what's the matter with you don't you believe in god no one's interfered with you all we're asking for is the same privilege you heard him it is these people who brought this upon us. They, people who refuse to bend to the will of God and claim it privilege, sinners and pride, yes, haughty, privileged. They mock us, they mock our, our God, our faith, our values, our very lifestyle. They mock our humility and our piousness. They piss on us and laugh. It's from them. The blood of human sacrifice must come. From them, the blood of expiation. You try it. Fucking try it! Come on! We want the boy. You we want back. the boy! No, you get back! You get back!
So, you know, the the old guy, uh, Drayton, and a couple other people uh, go to the loading dock and they see that the other two uh, or, uh, military guys have hung themselves. Um, yep, and, and the other kid says, they said they were going to do it, but I didn't think they'd actually do it. Yeah, and Drayton gets on him about the Arrowhead Project. Um you know, and then obviously Drake starts accusing him. Then all of a sudden, local guy Jim sneaks in and grabs him and throws him into the wrath of the mob. And basically, they sacrifice him to the mob. You know, and yep, because then he becomes the other. It's it was them up on the hill. They did this, and she like grabs him by the throat, and he's like, "I was just stationed up there." He's like, "I didn't do anything," and she's like. Pretty much, I think I'll cut your tongue out and this, that, and everything else. And I mean, I feel like you and I are kind of in line religiously as far as like what our beliefs are and right. how we feel about people like like this person, how how they make us feel fundamentally. But it's fat like the language they use, like the scripting was done well here. And she did an excellent job here where it's when she's railing off about how, you know, sins of pride and so this, so it's like, it's all the stuff that she's like embellishing. Cause she's one of those people who is reveling in the fact that she now has like control over these people basically. And like, they're all like aligned with her now. So now she's like, Oh, I can, say whatever I want to say and like they're, they're on my side and the kid's pleading like you know I'm like you all know me he's like I'm from here he's like I'm not like the other and she's like well it's never anybody's fault right you know and but we need a blood set we need a human we need a flesh sacrifice to God yeah and they they start mosh pitting him around and uh, the the butcher stabs him, and then everybody's kind of like, "Hey, man, you stabbed him!" And then he starts stabbing him some more, and everybody's like, "All right, this is what's happening." Yeah, it's like, well, since he already stabbed him, so um, first the butcher gives him a knife, and now he's using that same knife to kill him. But you know, and before he got stabbed, you know, he's talking how the military. You know, they opened up some kind of window to an alternate dimension. Um, right. They they believe that there was other worlds and dimensions that exist alongside ours, and they wanted to try to open a window to look in. Except for, if you open a window, you open a window, something could come in. And I guess in the novella, that's how they explain it, was that the window was open longer than it was supposed to be and that's how stuff was able to come through but it's like it's not like a a thing got through like a lot of shit got through (laughs) yeah so um that storyline sounds kind of familiar to some pop culture tv shows um obviously we know where stranger things got their inspiration for their show for so 
Uh, but they obviously fully credit that. Uh, but I did like the um, the line, Mr. Carmi's like, all you people, you know, starting off with walking on the moon, are your stem cells, your splitting of ap- atoms and abortions. Yeah, you, well, it's, yeah it's, uh, you split his atoms. Yeah, sorry, you're right. Exactly. Because um, it's all against God's will. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, but they, they sacrifice, they throw them out the door and... Uh, yeah, they, like, they carry them, like, they crowd surf them to the front door and uh, they throw them out. Yeah, and uh, all's quiet for the evening because they've got their sacrifice. So, and he gets uh, picked off by a giant crab type mantis thing. Which again, what if they showed him at the window? His face just responds. Something yanks him back, and they just leave the bloody handprint on the window. Instead, it's like this big, goofy silhouette, and then it's like, again, kind of just top half. What is she doing? And then he's like, well, Brittany's, Brittany's holding Mabel just oh. out, of, out of frame. Because Mabel is very trusting, so Mabel will just dangle and hang. Hi, Mabel. Buddy? <laughs> yeah, you definitely remind me of your cousin Chico, you know. <laughs> oh, a blessing. Uh, a blessing for me. I can't take it. I'm able. Um, so I'm the, the the last of the military personnel are dead. Are dead. Yeah, well, at least in, in this part of town. So um, then we cut to the drink. So the, 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 the good guys, quote unquote, say, you know, we got to start get some rations together. We'll gradually put them together, keep them up by the front and we'll slip out the yep. door. Um, you know, and then, uh, we cut to Drayton and, uh, his son and they're quite a woman. Uh, Drayton apologizes for leaving. Uh, let's know if are going to leave him again. Um, then the kid slides in. Will obviously this is the movie. We'll get to that. Uh, promise you won't let the monsters get me ever. Foreshadowing if I ever fucking saw it. So, um, and obviously I missed the significance of this originally. Um, but, you know, and, and honestly, Will, I thought, I know you got heat with Thomas Jane. You're not a big fan, but I actually thought this scene was pretty good with both of them. Um, it wasn't overacted. It wasn't underacted. It was a tender moment. Um, you know, and originally this scene was supposed to happen earlier in the movie, but Darabont switched it. Uh, I think it worked perfectly here. Uh, but then uh, Drayton falls asleep. Uh, his side piece wakes him up, and it's uh, time to go. Uh, as Ollie has all the supplies, um, Ollie being the badass that he is, uh, they go to um, check out two where Ollie had stored all that stuff. But what's waiting for him, Will? An empty register and Miss Camardi on a chair with her bags with the knife. Um, no, she has proved to them time and time again uh, she is God's vessel. And that these peoples um, that brought this plague uh, with their mocking of God, uh, then all hell breaks loose because she wants another sacrifice. She wants the boy. She's like, fuck it, while we're at it, give me the whore too. Um, and then once again... Which, uh, which again, doesn't quite fit in with what the movie gives us, but in the book, they're <laughs> clapping it. In that grocery store, there's probably not. It's 
it's probably echoing all over the walls in there. Yeah. Um, I'm glad they didn't do that in the movie. It was definitely implied, but, uh, and they, and it's again, the hit, the hypocrisy of the whole thing, right? It's, they're saying, we just want to leave. And she's like, you can't leave. I, I didn't, I don't, I'm, you're not allowed to leave. It's like, if you think they're just going to go out and be sacrificed and let the, let a bunch of them go. Right. Like what should be the big deal? But because that's their choice. It's not her choice. Yeah. Cause she's living high on the hog being head bitch in charge. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause yeah. everybody else in the store is all of a sudden like on her side and they're like filtering in, like surrounding everybody. They got, wrenches and whatever else William Fowler characters Jim's got the like the two knives he's doing the whole great well done uh I love that so uh but that is will until Ollie uh we hear a gunshot Ollie caps her and we hear a bottle of milk explode and That's right. She's drinking out of the gal. I did enjoy that she's drinking like the glass bottle. I think she's got a straw in it, right? But it's like when you see like the drunk who's got the bottle like single malt. But no, she's got the the jug of milk. It's like, do you not believe me? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, <laughs> and um, and listen. That's why Tom says Ollie's the hero of this movie. By far. I mean, there's not even really, I mean, um, you know, and, and we'll, we'll get into it a little bit later, but, and then, uh, once again, being Mr. Mr. Uh, Smarky makes smart pants. So all the, the bullet, like said, all the sh- quote unquote shots were actually done afterwards. Um, so Ollie's just mimicking this the whole time. So there's no actual bullets being shot. Um, so that was kind of cool, but he shoots her in his stomach. Uh, she hits the ground. Um, and then for good measure, will, he shoots her in the head. Just remember that. That's an extra, it's an extra bullet. Yeah. Um, I mean, and then all the and then the rabble is silenced until they go to leave, and then they're like, "You killed her. You killed her." Because the plan is to get to the truck. They got. They want to bring the supplies, get to the truck, and they're gonna they're gonna roll out. Yeah, they're done. Um, and then just a, then a new lady takes over. Um, so Mrs. Carmody's dead, and then someone, and then uh, they all kind of surround her, but they get out. Um, oh, actually, I forgot to mention this earlier. Um, at the beginning of the mob scene, uh, when uh, when Drayton grabs that mob, he's like, Don't fucking come near me, or whatever he said. I, I thought that was pretty awesome. He's like, I'm done, I'm gonna fucking whack this bitch in the face of this fucking mob stick. So, um, but yeah, they get out. Um, and Ollie's the first one to get to Drayton's car. Ollie's the hero, opening all the doors, letting everybody in. Right, he's got his victory pose, right? He's there going, yes, yes, yes. And the rest of the group is like, Ollie, no, no, no. And whatever. And what does he do? He gets scissored. Big thing picks him up, holds him up for a long time, and then crunches him, munches on him, smashes him, stacks him. And the gun falls to the hood of the car. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the, the car kind of splits up. And then uh, the spiders. Yeah. Because uh, the store manager guy was uh, You know, this, this, this yes. runs back. And then uh, the other biker guy looking guy 
Um, the guy that had the shotgun originally, um, he doesn't make it. He gets eaten by the spiders. Uh, but in the car, uh, obviously, we've got Trayton, uh, son. Uh, we've got Amanda. And then we've got, um, you know, the old teacher lady and then the older guy uh, that um, framed Andy Dufresne. Um, so. Yeah, the, the the fellow whose truck it was got, like, the the the, the gang death, right? Because he's, like, ends up being surrounded by, like, six of them, and they all like, jump on him at the same time. Yeah. Oh, so that was that guy's truck, and it wasn't Drayton's truck then, huh? Right. Oh, I missed that part. Okay. I thought. I thought it was his truck. Yeah, which makes sense now that you said with the whole fog lights and everything, so, okay. Um, but yeah, and then, and then uh, the store manager—they're—they're they're honking the horn because they're like, "Well, where is he?" And they hear the one guy scream, and Bud, right—that's the the yeah. manager's name. He stumbles and fumbles back to the grocery store, and as we find out when they pull away, they let him back in. Yeah. Um, but uh, and, and like, then miraculously, all the beasties are gone. They turn on the flood. They turn on all the lights on the truck. They go to drive away. The spider things are gone. The big crab mantis thing is gone after eating half to three quarters of Ollie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, listen, actually, real quick, um, before, listen, like you said earlier, the gun landed on the hood. Um, so they get in the car and then Drayton opens the car back up and everyone's freaking out, but he grabs the gun. Uh, one of the bugs comes after him. Uh, but yeah, they just, like I said, like, well, so they drive by the store and then uh, the manager and everyone's watching them. Um, so we're down to five people. You know, they drive by the you know, uh, by the store in slow motion, and uh, with some haunting ass fucking music. The music was like, Jesus fucking Christ, holy shit. Uh, but then they go back to the Drayton home. Obviously, they want to pick up uh, the wife. Uh, but the spiders have gotten through the broken window. You know, he promised his wife he was going to fix that window, uh, but now she's dead, and now he's sad. Well, he decided to drive south. Uh, you know, passing to the spider, uh, there's a school bus. Um, you know, with, was, with one person on it? Yeah. <laughs> That's probably out of the budget here, but. And then, like, the car, there's, like, cars that are flipped over, but there's not, like, you don't look at it and be like, oh, like, something happened. That's why they, it's just, like, they decided to, like, flip over a couple cars. The the Like, some signs are down from, like, the highway. They just got this like choir, not choir music, but like this just vocal thing going, and it's gray, and it's like you know it is, that is kind of what it's like driving through Maine. Yeah. And then uh, they see the the biggest monster of them all, um, but that doesn't attack them; just kind of keeps on going. Uh, they drive and drive, and then uh, well, they run out of gas. I, I saw I saw some one thing say somewhere. That the big thing that walked by was supposed to be the thing that had the tentacles earlier. It's like it's not remotely the same thing. Yeah, I don't like that. That was one of the cooler monsters, though. Like, because it's so like, that thing doesn't give a fuck about them. It's like I got bigger fish to fry, literally. Um, but yeah, they run out. They run out of gas. Will. Uh, before we get into the end here, though, um, I know you didn't like the acting in this movie and you hate Thomas Jane, but I thought this end scene here before it all hell broke loose was fucking brilliant. It said a lot here without actually saying a fucking word. I thought they did a really good job. I, I would say, if anything, too many words were said. 
because he looks at the gun. He counts out the bullets and he says, there's four bullets. And then she says, but there's five of us. It's like, yeah, yeah. I, the, I don't feel like that feels like a, a showing and not or a, a telling and not showing real like school. You're supposed to show it, not tell it. But I thought everything. Like, after, I thought everything after that that was brilliant. Like, people can count. Like if he says there's only four bullets left, obviously it's implying that that's not enough bullets. Well, so they all they're all looking at each other. You know, there's that the four way stare down where there's that acceptance. Right? It's like it's 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 the end of the line. You know, what What do you, I mean, it's like they're out of gas. They, it's like there is no other option. So Thomas Jane's character reloads the gun. And the part of this that got me was besides, I forgot that he's the one who pulls the trigger on all of them. Oh. And it's not like. Okay. He hands the gun around, and they all like because with how fast the gunshots happen, it's like he would have had to have been the one like pop, pop, pop. The kid is sleeping this whole time, and the kid wakes up and looks at him. So not only did he kill his son, the the kid saw it and had that moment, like you were saying, like protect me from. The monsters, and in the end, it wasn't the monsters that the, the the people who meant him the most harm in this movie were Cromartie and, in the end, his dad. Yeah. Um, and then Thomas Jane's acting just came in in full force. God, this was horrible. Yeah, I liked it. I thought it wasn't too bad itself. <laughs> I don't. I, I hated it because he starts losing it. Like he's banging on the dash. He's he's trying to like he's keep pulling the trigger with a gun in his mouth to like. But there's no more. There's no more bullets. Like we already went over. There's no more bullets. And yeah. he's well. Obviously, he probably shot the kid first, right? I mean, he would have. You would hope. I, I think so. Yeah. The way, because you can see there's one shot, and then after the second shot, you see the silhouette and the passenger seat kind of like dip forward. So I think he just went around like the kid, the woman, the teacher, and then the old man, because again, there's only four bullets, so somebody's going to be left. Um, And you know, this entire time we've been been hearing the monsters in the background, and you know, there's these loud noises and everything. So, obviously, he screams, uh, gets out of the Jeep. Uh, he's screaming at the monster. He's like, fuck it. You know, come get me. Come on! Come on! Um, but, and then, uh, come on! But uh, here, comes, uh, here comes the monster. Oh, wait, Will. Just kidding. It's a tank. And the army with their flamethrowers. Yep. The, the fog is lifting. The mist. That's right, the mist. The fog is uh, John Carpenter. Not Stephen King. My bad. 
<laughs> and then uh, the last thing he says, you know, is they died for what? Um, I was lucky. Like I said, you hadn't seen the movie, but you knew the ending. I, I knew. I knew the, the. I knew. I knew the twist. I, I knew the ending. I didn't. Listen, when I originally saw this, I was like, actually, I, I actually, I think I even texted you. I was like, what the fuck did I just want? You know, I was like, woof. Um, you know, it's, uh, and then just for so some final notes here real quick, but uh, in the end, in, in the end of the book, they just drive off into the, into the mist. You know, this whole thing didn't happen, but there is a line in the book where Drayton's got some inner dialogue where he says, well, there's three bullets and only four people. Um, so that's where Darabont got the original inspiration for this. You know, and then Stephen King really loved this. Um, you know, this is kind of like Night of the Living Dead where basically everyone um, everyone dies, you know. Um, there, There's something kind of satisfying about pretty much like it being the bad ending, quote unquote, where it's like, because they could have ended it with the gunshots and then just like fade to black. And it's like, damn, he's got to live with that. But then they brought in the tanks and the, the things will vehicles and the lady from the beginnings there with her kids, just like, looking. it's like, look what you did. It's like, she's looking at him judgmentally. Like she knows what he did. She doesn't know what he did, but it's like, she's got that look. It's like, how could you? Like, well, he didn't help me and look at here I am. So, and yep, they they're like marching, flamethrowering everything. It's like here they come to save the day. And there's got there's two guys like kind of standing next to him, and now he's got to live in theory the rest of his life, knowing that he killed four people who didn't need to die. Five more minutes. Five more minutes. Um, you know, and it's—I mean, obviously, the the sounds in the background sounded like it was. And 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 maybe my opinion would change if they like did something to make it seem like more time. I feel like that wouldn't have been as bad though, right? Like if they like cut to him and he's got like a beard because he wasn't <laughs> shaving, he's just like withering in this car, and then they show up. But at the same time, it's just one of, it's one of those things, right? It's like he does it, and then – but it's it's the thing too, right? Like they get to the truck, they turn on the lights, all the monsters are gone. He pulls the trigger and kills all these people. Now. The mist goes away and the army's there. Well, and now to go back to as much as we hated Mrs. Carmody, but maybe she was right. Maybe he had to make that ultimate sacrifice to get rid of the mist.
Could have been tweaked. Could have, I think the ending could have been tweaked a little to make it a stronger ending. I think, again, part of it is, you know, this is a two-hour movie. Did it need to be two hours? You could have shaved some time off this ending. Like, did we need the guys walking down the street with the flamethrowers? I don't think I really needed that. But again, it's not a ton of time. But it takes away, I feel like it takes away the punch of the ending where if it's like they roll in and instead of you're like, oh, no, he just had to wait. And then it's just like they just like cut to all these clips of them doing soldier shit. And then they cut back to Thomas Jane. So if I feel like it, it's too much time removed from like the movie actually ending to like what the true end of the movie is, which is him killing all these people. And because before we had our technical issue, I think I was saying if they had just waited, like if they all just waited in the grocery store. And that's the million dollar question. Because, right, because the thing didn't attack the Cromartie lady, but nothing also happened to the first lady who left. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's like so. What? What? What's? What's? The, what's the picking and choosing? That's true. I think it's interesting to look at something like this kind of contextually now where you know nobody's really talking about it now but when it came out bird box right it was a it was a big sensation where it's like again you don't see what you're actually scared of and i liked that um and there was kind of like you know, it's kind of being blind versus being in a mess versus whatever. So I think this movie, I mean, that that punchy ending, which is better than the novella, where he hears something on the radio and is like, oh, there's hope. Like, I'm fine with the gut shot ending. I just wish it had ended there. Okay. Because the Thomas Jane, like, kneeling outside the car, yelling, come on, just... didn't do it for me. You'd rather wonder if he survived or not, huh? Right? What is that not the, the most dreadful ending, right? You don't know? It's like, does this resolve itself? Does he end up just sitting there waiting? Does some big monster thing just come step on the car and he's just a smooshed? Was it all a dream? Yeah, I'm glad it wasn't bad, so. I don't know. I mean, I, I kind of liked it that you know that he was that close to saving everybody and couldn't wait. The, the kid being awake, I didn't realize that the first, like, that didn't register with me the first time I watched it. Yeah, me either. And I think part of it was, like, I was watching it the first time, but, like, I already knew, like, oh, this is the part where. It gets real. The, the, the thing's going to happen. Whereas watching it the same time in the kid's face and like in knowing it's like, it's like that dad, what are you doing? Yeah. Fucking heavy. 
So yeah, the last yeah, the second thing to go through that kid's brain was, Dad, what are you doing? So was the first thing the bullet? That was the last thing. Huh. I don't know where that joke's from, but it's from somewhere. I didn't come up with that myself, so I'll let tell you that I did, but Yeah, so that is uh, 2007, Frank um, Darabont's of uh, the Mist. Um, I, did I, we talk about? Did we talk about the uh, the fact they used the the camera crew and the film crew from the Shield? A little bit, but yeah, I mean, you kind of on, kinda, on air. Did, did did we bring it up on air? A little bit, yeah. Like I said, it made its money back. And then some. I think there was, uh, and then some. Like there was some. There were some some glimmers there, and like the ending, like I said, could have been tweaked up. But it's kind of funny that like they use a TV film crew, they use a lot of TV actors, and they got. You said they shot this in like a super short amount of time, so it's like six weeks. The end result, you can't say is like can't say it's bad. Is it as good as Shawshank? Or the Green Mile? No. Shush, I mean, the source material, too, for those two things is significantly better than probably this novella was. Hmm. I've never, have you read, have you read either of those? I haven't read either of them, but I would, I would assume, right? I mean, unless it's like The Godfather, like, I read the book, The Godfather, first, and I really liked the book. I didn't like the movie. Okay. Yeah, I've read if I had done it, in the, if I did it the opposite direction, maybe I would have felt different. But having read the book first, and I finally saw the movie, I'm like, I don't like this movie. Like oh. the the performances are good, like Marlon Brando, great. Yeah. But the movie itself, I'm like, this felt really long. And again, at the time, it was probably like this big, wild. This is so long. It's like an epic. It's Whereas now it's like, yeah, there's like three hour movies all the time. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed this. It definitely kind of grew on me. I, I had never even heard of this movie. Literally, I was just some random article. Uh, you know how your your phone gives you random articles and stuff. Yeah, this this uh, cult classic. You know, Stephen King's a super sleeper movie or something like that. Da 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 da. You know, next thing I knew it was on Netflix. So, you know. What and it, it, it uh, the critical reception when it came out was mostly positive. So, like, it's worth checking out. Like, if you haven't seen it, you know, and if you, you find it, if you've got the premium memberships to whatever and you stream it, or, you know, if it's on TV, you're at a, a some used media shop and you find, like, a cheap copy, it's worth checking out. And, you know, check it out in the, the black and white. Do a compare and contrast. Because I saw notes that they filmed it, I think it was digitally first, but it was too clean, so they refilmed it with the like this particular type of film, so it had like a, a grainy yeah. look to it. Yeah, he was kind of going for that whole quote unquote documentary style, and and listen, I would be interesting um, to hear what you once you finally do get to watch it in black and white. I really liked it that way. Um, I think that might be a little you know more up your alley, also. Um, yeah, like I said, this this movie is growing on me. And listen, I, I really do like Frank Darabont. I mean, the simple fact is you're never going to make Shawshank Redemption again. That's literally 
if not the greatest, one of the greatest movies ever made. Um, Brittany says it's a boring movie. It might not be she said nothing. She said nothing happens. No, I mean, I, I could, I could see that. You know, I mean, it, it does go a little slow, but I mean, you know, different strokes for different folks, you know. So, um, yeah. But will before we uh, pull the train into the station here, uh, any last notes? Oh, uh, Frank Darabont too said on the commentary. Uh, said it only took him four days, uh, which is a brand new record for him. He said the commentary did for the Green Mile it took him like three months. Um, so that's pretty funny. Um, yeah, listen, he was really well, there's, passionate. A, there's a there's a lot to comment on. He, you know, he was really passionate about the mist. Um, you know, he was really thankful. I thought it was really well acted all well around. Um, I've come around on Thomas Jane a little bit, you know, overall. Um, Don't do that. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I mean, anytime you see Bill Sadler in a movie, you know, it's going to fucking rule ass. I mean, even ruled in fucking Bill and Ted's, you know, Bogue's Journey. You know, so I really enjoyed it. I don't know if I give it an A, but pretty close, maybe. Um, you are not as generous. I give, I give it a C, C to C minus. Okay. It has good bones. You think it would have? I feel like if we if we shave happened. off, if we shaved off twenty minutes to a half hour. And maybe some some of the artistic choices. Cause I wasn't a big fan of the the monster design and the monsters in it. I mean that becomes down to like a, just a personal preference. Like I'd rather not see the whole idea is that, that there's this mist or fog rolling in and I don't know what's out there. I don't want to see what's out there. Okay. But it's definitely worth checking out. You know, I, I want to say, Tom, thank you for inviting me onto your show. You know, we we never talk, so it's it's great to to be on here, chat with you. Yeah, we've never we've never talked before. So, <laughs> well, what it was, Will is good. Uh, ra- random question, Tom. Do you like wrestling at all? <laughs> you mean that I've been known to watch a little bit of wrestling here or there. So, you ever heard of this company called Ring of Honor? No, it's. That's the fake stuff, though, right? That's what they say. So. Um, Tony Khan's Ring of Honor is fake. I'll, I'll say that here. Fuck Tony Khan's Ring of Honor. But you should fucking listen to Ring of Honor Revelry. Tom works really hard on it, and I've started to try to make memes to generate interest on Twitter. So, Yeah, and your, your Twitter game this week was, was pretty awesome, so it's, it's greatly appreciated, so... Um, yeah, hopefully, you know, if you're happen to stumble onto this, uh, yeah, you know, check out, um, all the great shows here on visionaries, global media. Um, you know, so we have a couple of different podcasts. And so Bill Dew and I are, our uh, weekly ring of honor revelry. I think Bill and I will probably be doing at least one other movie. Um, after putting him through this, I, I owe him probably a, a good review of the thing. Cause we, I we can, I'm, I like movies too. So we can do. Many movies as you want, Tom. Well, we got a couple ideas. We'll do talk a about. movie a month. Yeah, we'll talk about a couple off air and listen. We've, we've talked before about so. 
but yeah, thank you so much. Uh, make sure you're following all the links there in the description. And uh, yeah, that's all I got. So I hope everyone enjoys and uh, we'll talk to everybody next time. This has been a Visionaries Global Media production. Visionaries Global Media. Envisioning excellence on a global scale.